This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of October 17th, 2020. Ballast Point closed Chicago Brew Pub. Where'd all the money go? New last choirs is a new thing. How long do they Voltron everything they own together? Really, isn't any amount of Heineken unreasonable? This week in Wine Heist's new Italian counterfeit ring gets busted. All this and more on Have a Drink News. about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. All right. And let's go ahead and start some news. Woo! Straight into the news. Ballast Point has closed their Chicago brew pub due to the expected winter downturn during the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah, Ballast Point Brewing is shuttering their Chicago brew pub this month due to an expected downturn in winter business during the COVID-19 pandemic, but plans to reopen next year. Hey, it's not permanent. When the weather is favorable and it is safe to dine indoors, the brewery said on Wednesday. Fearing, yeah, I mean, in fairness, winter is not a great winter is coming season during the during the service industry. Yeah, as as the Starks proclaimed, winter is coming. Uh, fearing a marked downturn Gross. in business this winter, several Chicago bar and restaurant owners have speculated that some business will be uh, will best served by simply closing during the coldest months, just as bars and restaurants often do in resort areas. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Chicago, it's a resort area. A lot of people, a lot of these restaurants and everything are opened only to outdoor seating. Mm -hmm. I guess all they have, and that's going to go away in Chicago when suddenly it's, you know, with the wind chill below zero and it's snowing. Yeah. No one's sitting outside. I went out, I went out to a restaurant for the first time since coronavirus actually hit because my parents wanted to go. And it was not exactly a six-foot radius between customers. That Granted, they put up, like, shields behind and, you know, like, on the seats. Yeah. But, you know, there's a whole fourth wall that's not being touched. I get that they want to record us and everything, but... I see. I've not experienced the shields uh, being out. I think I've only been out to eat like once or twice. I've just experienced like only a third full restaurants, mm-hmm. like massive this, amounts. This Texas of space. Roadhouse was this Texas Roadhouse was not necessarily one third vacancy. Nah. Uh, I think I've only been to like two. One was like a local Mexican restaurant, which I'm in the area of the restaurant we were for lunch. It was like me and my boss, and it was just like the two of us pretty much. And you could make it if you tried. (laughs) We do usually. Um, And (laughs) then another time it was us and my dad, and we were at uh, a grilled cheese place, and we were like the only people out on the patio. Which, I mean, it was great. It was, like, over the summer, so it felt great with fans on us. And we're the only people out there. We're like, hey, this is, we're in the shade. 
There are birds coming up wanting pieces of our grilled cheese. Prime real estate. This is fantastic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they will be closing uh, the Fulton Marketplace Pub as of October 24th. So this coming weekend, yeah. if you uh, you want to go in there and get some of that uh, Ballast Point level beer, that billion dollar beer, you want them Sculpins. You head. Hey, you head in this week. Sculpins delicious. I will not hear it trashed. Regular plain Sculpin. Fantastic. Was I was I was I trashing? I was just saying that they have their sculpin. Get in there and get some sculpin. It's, it's, it's what introduced some of us to, to IPAs. It is. Uh, all its Chicago employees will be laid off. The brewery said in a text message. Ballast Point owner Brendan Waters said the pub is definitely reopening at some point because it is in the midst of a long-term lease on the <laughs> space. Launched in 2018 when Ballast Point was still owned by Constellation Brands, who paid an entire Ballast Point for Ballast Point. They uh, they will not close down because we're still signed in on the multi-year lease. I'll get you every and, time. And the company, uh, or the, uh, the small brew pub that now owns ballast point we still don't know what they paid for ballast point but i bet it was not an entire ballast point which is what constellation yeah. brands paid for ballast point <laughs> ballast point will continue to pay rent during the closure water said but paying rent while closed will cost the company less money than paying rent in addition to operating expenses fair yeah that makes sense i mean at the very least they have a lower electric bill and water bill yeah but then you've also got your you know paying uh paying staff yeah and you've got you know just regular you know regular lossage costs that that sneak in so that it it makes sense business-wise but still it's kind of rough to see it sucks especially since they laid people off we ask everyone to read between the lines and know when we say one ballast point what we mean constellation brands paid for ballast point what's craft beer giant ballast point has struggled in recent years. Its founders sold the brewery to Constellation Brands for one ballast point in 2015 at the height of a string of brewery sales. One billion dollars in case somehow you don't. One ballast point. We have vowed on this show we would never say (laughs) that dollar amount again. It would just be known as one ballast point. Man, I've drank a lot. I don't know what I vowed and what I didn't vow. I disavowed this. The founder of a tiny suburban brewery Kings and convicts shocked the industry by buying Ballast Point for an undisclosed sum in 2019 with the help of wine industry magnate Richard Mahoney. Like a buck fifty and one one brisk handy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, they did not pay one Ballast Point for Ballast Point. That is that is to be assumed. Not. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, th- they let that thing go for a song, I'm sure, because Constellation I mean, Brands did for, not know for, how to manage it and could not, uh, for the number of variants on Sculpin they were shaking out of that thing, it was clear I they mean, didn't I'm, know how. I mean, in fairness, I bet you they did enough damage to the brand that it was a fair price what uh, oh, yeah. what they bought when they got it at the second time, because... Oh, yeah. It was once upon a time, Ballast Point. That was that was, a, and not that long ago, that was a name that we were like, oh yeah, no, they do good beer. Since then, yeah, no, since then it's become a watered down name. 
But I will say, after going into some of my uh, preferred bottle shops, the amount of Ballast Point I see on the shelves is cut by like two-thirds. Hmm. It used to be like the majority of the craft aisle. When you go there, you're like, holy crap, there's a ton of Ballast Point. Now it is just like, it's barely there. It's gone, which is what they need to do. They just need to get the good stuff on the shelf and get all the crap cut out. I mean, fairness, a pairing down the line would work, which is not the mentality of Next Glass, who owns both Untapped and Beer Advocate, because they've added yet another thing to their uh, to their repertoire. And that would be uh, <clears throat> that would be the craft seller what it used to be called Wait, software provider next untapped is still a thing <laughs> it is still a thing i used it just the other day i used it just today <laughs> i haven't actually used it today because i forgot and my phone has to be away from me in case it vibrates software provider next glass is expanding its alcohol empire this week announcing the acquisition of craft beverage technology solution Olsnir. why are there there's okay well there's one vowel but that... but not where you expect anything. Anyway, formerly known as Craft Seller, Alsner partner partners with craft beverage producers and retailers to manage day-to-day operations for to-go sales, memberships, and can slash bottle releases, bottle release pre-sales, and random drawings for high-demand releases. I wonder if they uh, managed to get like some sort of pappy uh, mm-hmm. connection there. Anyway, uh, brands already under the next class umbrella, such as Untapped and Beer Advocate, will uh, will start to leverage Osner's direct-to-consumer technology for the craft beverage industry. Next class will invest uh, in team and product expansion to support the continued evolution evolution of Osner's industry-leading solution. Uh, which basically just says to me that they're going to strip this app for parts and uh, put it into some new super app. Probably. Yeah. They, they've they not done anything with uh, their last acquisition, like has been expected. Yeah. But I have a feeling but, we'll mean, see it's... all three of these monsters come together into a new, like, kaiju monster soon. I mean, at the very least, I, I, I don't see them undoing Untapped or Beer Advocate, but I can certainly see them making an app that will leverage the ratings of both for something so you can buy it directly. Yeah. You know, using that name recognition going like, look, untapped says it's this, this is what consumers say. Like your, your, your rotten tomatoes, uh, uh, critic and, uh, person score. Yeah. yeah. Because like rate beer died. I, I feel like this was just the, ne- yeah, that's a good point. Rate beer was the go-to until ABM Bev bought them. And then it died as far as, at least as we were concerned, but I don't, I don't know if anyone really uses rape beer anymore, but the more prestigious place anyway, but it was seemed kind of snobby was beer advocate and then untapped bought them. And it was like, uh, what? They, they, they bought them, but changed the name of the parent company yeah. to the next class. And it, we, we talked about that. It got all, was it two years ago? Yeah. It was a it's couple years a minute, ago. Yeah. But it got all wishy-washy, yeah. and they never really combined the two. They've kept, you know, Beer Advocate and Untapped completely separate to this point. But when you start adding, you know, a platform like this into the mix, are you going to start 
putting uh, I could see that to be advantageous possibly to offer to craft brew to offer to craft breweries who are want to sell on the platform hey we can add the beer advocate and untapped scores onto the beer to be purchased yeah because that is something I know a lot of people will do and I've been guilty of it as well if I'm surfing you know the shelf and I see beers that I haven't seen before and I'm like ooh what I don't I know nothing about this and if you can just scan in the barcode and suddenly it pops it up and tells you, you know, oh, here's what it's rated on this, here's what's rated on this, you know, judge off that. I, or if you're buying from a brewery online and then you can go, oh, this is, you know, on Beer Advocate, they're saying this about it. On Untap, they're saying this about it. I've used Beer Advocate a number of times just to try to go like, hey, what would be a good thing to drink for the show of the options I have? Or what should I try to find something from a list like this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Osnir was founded in 2017 by Eric Thelen and uh, Damar, uh, da- Darmesh Patel and Colin Gray with the goal of creating a direct-to-consumer software system that successfully connected breweries and consumers through a mobile marketplace, which is not technically legal in the state of Kentucky until earlier this year. Has that legislation actually passed yet? Maybe no. Yeah, it's passed. Okay. It's passed and the Osnier plat. The post. Uh, the Osnier platform allows breweries to alert beer enthusiasts of upcoming beer release, beer releases for pre-orders, and creates a seamless process for managing tap room releases and memberships. The connection between brewers and beer enthusiasts. Uh, this is a quote we're pulling uh, from. Uh, uh, Trace Smith, who's the CEO of Next Class. Uh, is the very soul of our industry. Through this acquisition, we are able to deliver a service that to our untapped and beer advocate communities that they've been requesting for years. And yeah, this basically sounds to me like they are just trying to Voltron and merge everything together into one thing. Or at the very least, they're going to say, hey, I, look, it's either going to be, hey, here's our, uh, here's a thing in our new thing, in our new app. Would you, you know, here's how it's rated in our other services or untapped and you know, beer advocate will have a thing, and you're like, "Hey, would you like to go ahead and order it? Yeah. Would you like? You know, we'll we'll you know, you can have it sent right to you, or have an alert when they go when they go live. Or here are the stores near, or the the locations close to you that might have this, or whatever. Because you know, Untapped yeah. has that whole thing with the the verified venues and whatnot too. So right. Beyond a great product, in uh, in Ozier's founding team, we are adding individuals uh, who are passionate about this industry to our company, which was an important consideration during our discussion. Uh, Untapped for Business serves nearly 4,000 breweries globally with menu publishing softwares. Virtually every U.S. brewery near uh, 12,500 international breweries uh, maintain their Untapped brewery pages, which... I remember being at like um, Braxton, and they'll have like untapped check-ins, yeah. like on a screen, so you can see people like you know doing stuff. I so, that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, with the integration of Ozneer and Untapped and Beer Advocate platforms, breweries, brewers will be able to connect directly with a consumer to share special bottle releases and attract new enthusiasts to their membership programs. Got to get them hooked. Uh, so they come in and spend that money. These integrations are key component of Next Class mission to advance the beverage industry through innovative technology, which is gets a little buzzwordy as it goes oh, on. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, it's, I mean, I, I feel like this is like the, the third wheel of the tricycle that, that they were wanting as they were setting everything up. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, honestly, it reminds me of so many like tech acquisition stories, Google and Alphabet and Facebook with Instagram and that the whole like, yeah, yeah, it just, and it just starts to get very sticky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, you know what else is st- sticky? Heineken? Government fines. I was going to say Heineken? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Heineken can be skunked sometimes, which could be dank, which sometimes is associated with, you know, marijuana. I, I mean, I suppose can go, you can get that connection yeah. there, but... We can get there. Uh, yeah, Heineken has been fined two million... Um, that's pounds, isn't it? Yes. 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 Okay, uh, sorry. I am tired and buzzed. Uh, for forcing public... Uh, GBP, if if you're to be completely correct. Okay. Uh, for forcing publicans to sell unreasonable amounts of its own beers and ciders. Which, as in our personal title, is any amount. Any amount of Heineken. Uh, the Pubs Code, uh, Pubs Code Adjudicator, PCA, an official who oversees the relationship between pub-owning companies and their tenants, said Heineken said, quote, seriously, or had, quote, seriously and repeatedly breached laws that protect publicans from anti-competitive behavior. Chad is correcting. Uh, marijuana is a racist term perpetuated. Perpetu- oh perpetuated my. by the elite I, whites of the reefer madness. I blame the soju. Oh, yeah. We prefer cannabis. Uh, yeah, can- cannabis just sounds better anyway. Um but yes, yeah, so after an investigation that lasted more than a year, the PCA said Heineken, via its pubs business, Star, had broken the rules despite the regulators' repeated interventions. The pubs code adjuca- uh, adjudicator, that word's going to screw me up, uh, Fiona Dickey said, quote, The report of my investigation is a game changer. It demonstrates that the regulator can and will act robustly to protect the rights that Parliament has given to tied tenants. Uh, I will be holding discussions with all the companies I regulate following my findings about how they will ensure that uh, they are code compliant. My message is that if anyone previously had any doubts about my resolution to act when I find breaches, they can have no doubts now. Uh, She sounds like she's running for office. Uh, Heineken said it was, quote, deeply disappointed and frustrated by the PCA's ruling and was considering an appeal. Um, yeah, but, you know, screw Heineken. <laughs> Which is just the theme of this whole thing. Um, yeah, they're saying this penalty is unwarranted and disproportionate and comes at a time when the entire sector is in serious financial crisis as we work around the clock to support our pubs and licenses to keep their business afloat. Uh, Heineken was found to have imposed unfair conditions on landlords who sought to go, quote, free of tie a process that allows them to break the centuries-old beer tie arrangement where they get reduced rents in return for stocking certain products. Uh, God, remember that uh, Remember that Prohibition episode where we talked about like how the, the saloon stuff started where it's like, yeah. here, yeah, I was like, we will fund you to... We'll give you money. You can run whatever business you want to run. You can run it into the ground. Yeah. We'll keep you propped up as long as you start... As long as when someone says, I want a beer, you give us our beer. Basic, yeah. As long as you serve exclusively our beer. Awfully familiar, yeah. 
the tie has long been criticized by pub owners and campaigners who say it's been it's being routinely abused by deep pocketed pub co's able to flout the spirit of the code that governs it. The pub code or pub's code is the subject of a government review that is expected to conclude within weeks. So, hmm. um, I mean, this is not the first time Heineken's had issues like this. No, um, <laughs> actually, it's, it won't be the last. Yeah, it's usually ABMBev that we're uh, reporting true. these kind of stories about. But you know, Heineken deserves to you know have their problems thrown at them too, and also really isn't any amount of Heineken in its green skunked beer bottles too much Heineken. If you have any Heineken at all, it should be a can. But also, you just probably shouldn't have Heineken. <laughs> no, I mean, the last time we had it, I believe it was kind of unanimous. It was like, no, this is a... This sure is a Pilsner. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, I think that was the, the resounding, yeah, it was a Pilsner. When was the last time we all had Heineken? Man, don't ask me. Um... That's, uh, was, was, did, did Casey sneak that in during the blind tasting taste testing? Uh, that's no. It, we've had it since then. No, was it? That's been a minute. No. Um, the closest thing to that in the blind taste. God, that was like, I want to say like season Years one. Ago. That was like, but it was year one of because we don't divide the podcast put, into uh, seasons. You put um, was it Miller? Yeah, it was Miller. It was Miller time. Miller genuine draft. Yep, yep. yep. It was Miller, Miller genuine draft because it was which, the only which is the which. I was gonna say it's the the uh, the the brewer beer sometimes because it's it's a as beer high as life. beer as you can get high life is high, the, life. Uh, high life that's the brewer's yeah. beer of choice because that's why off color uh, aside off color is like my favorite brewery out of Chicago because they do really weird ass crap. <laughs> Like, <laughs> just saying, some people have been making some very strong cases for it to be my favorite Chicago brewery. It's uh, no, I love on. They had to post on Twitter, like, don't come here thinking you're getting your favorite hazy IPA on draft from Off Color. Like, I promise you, that's not what we do. And someone was like, well, if your favorite hazy IPA, hazy IPA is some kind of weird-ass Norwegian thing that no one's ever heard of, then, yeah, you'll find it, it on draft there. It is. <laughs> Turns out. Well, uh, no, I got nothing. But, yeah, I mean, speaking of... Speaking of legal troubles, uh, we've got some in uh, in Italy in this week in Wine Heist. Wine Heist. Wine Heist Kaboot. Uh, <laughs> the Wine Heist Kaboot. Uh. Uh, by the way, did you see that someone shared a thing that was like uh, 100 years of. It was in our Discord. It was like the 100 years of Wine Heist Kaboot, and it's like a. Yeah. Oh, yep. I totally or, saw that. Yeah. I, I'm almost positive it was in our Discord, which you can get if you, yeah. you know, join our Patreon, or you know, just ask us real nice. We'll, we can get you a code. Yeah. We like having people there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Italian police busted counterfeits uh, in Sassia wine ring. What he said. I, I I was trying. Yeah, I was trying to real hard not to say uh, uh, Sassia. <laughs> uh, this is from Vine Pear, so forgive the... the first. Oh, forgive the first sentence. LeBron might want to double check any bottles of uh, Sassiania he has lying around. Uh, on Wednesday, Italian police uh, officers broke up a ring producing counterfeit bottles of uh, of high end Tuscan wine, as reported by CNN. CNN. 
The counterfeiting operation was run out of a warehouse near Milan. The suspected bottles of lower quality wine from Sicily placed in fine wine uh, in the place of fine wine used meticulous labels and cases from Bulgaria, which again, you can trick anyone into whatever wine they're drinking by just putting a fancy label on it. They will not know the difference. Yeah, pretty much. okay. This has been proven. This has been proven over and over again. But um, oh, real sorry. quick, uh, in the homebrewing subreddit on Reddit, uh, Reddit.com slash or just slash r slash homebrewing. You'll want to go check out. They have a geographical map of the GABF winners. Oh, cool! If you want to go, so you, it breaks everything down by regions and it, down to cities, so you can see if you want to go check out where all the award winners were coming from uh, this year. SoCal. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to go to Southern California, you have forty-three medal-winning breweries in Southern California wow. in the greater LA area. Okay. So yeah, I, I just stumbled across that. Wanted to get the breaking news. Just get that across uh, because usually we can say, "Oh yeah, uh, Cincinnati, we had like a crap ton. We have two. <laughs> so you can bypass us this year and go straight to Southern yes. California. I mean, it's it's more than Kentucky has. Um, actually, Kentucky has two out of Louisville. Same amount Kentucky has USA. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, back to the story. Uh, the bottles of packaging were perfectly identical to the originals. Uh, Dario Sparazzi, a colonel in the financial police. <laughs> I'd expect right. no Sounds less. like, yeah, yeah uh, says even the weight of the tissue paper was the same. Sounds like he stepped uh, right fa- out of a Pink Panther film. <laughs> <laughs> Are you expecting someone to, you know, some some Asian gentleman to <laughs> to jump out from the shadows and attack him midway through? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Uh, following the investigation, an investigation launched last year. A father and son have been placed under house arrest with eleven other men. I mean, depending on the eleven men, that could be a I mean, fine time. Th- that sounds like a good time to me. I'd... We could have a good steam uh, being and a few inv- drinks. <laughs> They're being investigated for their involvement in the operation. Uh, <laughs> house arrest. I mean, it's fine. You just you know sit there, watch a bit of videos. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm. Mm, mm. Uh, Paul Pot died on house arrest. Age, <laughs> age 72. And we're, you know, they killed their own people. And we're sort of fine with that. And the investigation began uh, after... Uh, officers found a case of fake wine on the side of the road after falling off a truck. As, Look, as I've been do. using, I've been saying for years, my joke firm fell of uh, fell off a truck. When you know, whenever, whenever some sort of digital content ended up on my computer that that I didn't personally purchase, perhaps it fell off a truck. And then, and then the dress to kill. I didn't install it. That's all I'm the saying. The dress to kill reference continues. No, oh, stupid man. <laughs> After a couple of years, we won't stand for that, will we? <laughs> uh, the uh, anyway, the uh, Soparazzi and his, said fellow officers intercepted the telephone call, suggesting that the ring was preparing one thousand cases of wine to be shipped to South Korea, tying into the main show. Oh. So it was all counterfeit wine 
destined for South Korea. Yeah, I mean, where they granted, were using I'm wine. I'm sure it wasn't destined to North Korea. Where wine is being used to subvert the the native spirit soju. The the, the delicious spirit of soju, which we are all now currently fans of, and it will replace all vodka on my shelf. All vodka will be poured out and replaced with soju. <laughs> From the Intercept, we gathered that the counterfeiters were selling cases of 2015 Sasiania for around 500 euros, adding that the cost of each was about 70% less than an authentic case. If you're getting a deal that good, it's probably not legitimate. When raiding the counterfeiters' warehouse, the police found the labeling bottles as the 2015 vintage. Quick aside here that has nothing to do with the, ma- with the topic we're talking about. Because of the amount of old TV I've watched as a child, and I'm talking about old years of wine, I assumed wine lasted forever when they would say whatever was a good year. I forgot – I did no concept that wine would turn into vinegar after, you know, no, not, X amount of time. Yeah. Not until – until what? Until what show taught us that no. Until Lupin Third taught me <laughs> that wine goes bad. Because they, they stole a bottle of wine that was laid down by Napoleon. Mm. And the, it was just rage about what be. it would be. And then they, they're drinking it in the end. They're like, oh, God, it's vinegar. Yep. And then they're just like, we did them a favor. Uh, yeah, wine doesn't uh, last forever. I, it will last for a long time. Not forever. Nope. Anyway, uh, Counterfeiting Ring is believed to produce 700 cases each month, accounting to about... 40,000 euros in sales, according to CNN. Uh, Bolegri, uh, Bol- uh, Cesarian. Oh, God, someone just play me off as I try to say that. Is one of the most popular luxury wines in the world. In recent years, the Super Tuscan dun, 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 <laughs> has garnered adoration from the Obamas, David Beckham, and Rihanna, none of whom who have hopefully have been duped by the counterfeiters. Yeah, I really hope that none of them have been. I would hope they have someone on staff, especially David Beckham, who yeah. could uh, be like, "No, this is this is fake." I mean, you know what they could drink instead? Some. Uh, they could drink beer. They could perhaps a. They could drink perhaps a Trappist beer. Some damn fine Trappist beer. Uh, Rock. Damn. I, I can even say it correctly. Uh, we will get corrected Is in Rockefeller. We will get corrected in chat because Rock- I'm pretty sure uh, people in our chat have been. Oh yeah. To this particular monastery, I, I can't say for certain. They will correct us. Uh, Rockefeller. Uh, Trappist Brewery resurrects 100 year old beer recipe in first new release since 1955. Belgium Abbey of Notre Dame de Saint Remy. Uh, also known as Brasser Roquefort or Roquefort Brewery, has been brewing Trappist ales since 1797, since before we were a country. No one was alive. (laughs) No one was alive. No, we were a country then. Well, yes, then we were. Uh, For the first time, actually, Washington was still alive. So, Yeah. 
Washington had stepped down as president but was still alive. Uh, for the first time in more than half a century, the historic brewery is releasing a new beer. Monks the Abbey started producing a blonde Trappist in 1920, but discontinued production after just three years. 100 years on, that recipe is being revived uh, in Rockford's new triple extra. It's just a little extra. I mean, I mean that said... I'd be interested in a blonde that they're making. I am. So, no, uh, the North American Trappist Brewery is doing a stout, and I've still not had it. And I'm like, I want a Trappist stout effing right now. Give me a Trappist stout. I still, because they only sell it in like six packs. And I'm like, well, I don't want a six pack of it, but I want to try it. Uh, quoting the article, we had uh, we had been considering making a new blonde beer for a long time, but now the time was right. The brewery said in a translated press release, uh, Francis Francois Fran- Francois, thank you, uh, Francois Mathy, a production manager at Rockford, said the new eight point one percent ABV blonde. That's an eight point one percent blonde. That's crazy. Yeah. Belgian blonde. Keep that in mind. Uh, was inspired by the monk's original recipe, but adapted to modern times. I don't want it adapted to modern times. I want I want Dogfish Head to be making this thing. Give me give me the Midas touch version of this. I mean, yeah. I, I in fairness, I don't want modern versions of things if I'm going if you were saying it's a hundred years old, I want exactly that. Yeah. I want George Washington beer. <laughs> what if it's not what you want? I don't care. That's, I want to try it. That's why I like, you know, the, some of the breweries that I'm into because they give you, they're like, oh, you want to try this weird ass beer? Here it is, the best we can recreate it. Not adapted to modern taste, the best we can make it historically. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh. I mean, this is this is the addict in us talking, right? Like we're just wanting the newest, weirdest version of Pretty it. Pretty much. Uh, those hoping to get their hands on the blonde Trappist may have to wait some time. As of publishing, it's unclear where Triple Extra will be sold and how much has been made. I'm willing to bet not a whole lot and for a whole lot. Thankfully, it seems like this is this one is set to stick around for more than three years. We have made a first brew and are surprised by the quality of the beer, which is close to the optimum. Matthew told local Belgian news, but we will remain attentive to consumers and make possible adjustments in order to further improve it. I'm just picturing like it's it's I'm picturing the ad campaign. It's the beer Optimus Prime would drink. <laughs> were he organic and not a truck. If he could drink anything. Yes. It, it, so in uh, this whole description of it, I just keep thinking to the last time we were all in Salt Lake together for uh, Nerdtacular, and we went to Uinta, and that amazing oh. Belgian blonde that we we had to get by the bottle because it because Salt Lake's weird, and they couldn't draft serve it, but they could serve it from a bottle because weird ass yeah. Utah liquor laws. Because you can't you can't pour a over five percent beer. Off the off draft yep. or less than five, I think actually. But it could but, come from a bottle because then it would technically be a liquor, and I, I don't know. Utah's 
weird. But anyway, we got Belgian blondes that way. We couldn't get them draft. We could get them from bottle, though. Well, maybe it'll win an award as long as someone like Aldi is not uh, not trying to compete with them. Because we have got a new This Week in Aldi. And this time, they're not copying uh, BrewDog beer oh, labels yeah. and causing BrewDog to copy their trademarked label and this weird... Cert, that weird circle of things, which I still haven't found. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so an Aldi wine has taken home two prestigious awards at the 2020 Royal Adelaide Wine Show. Adelaide. Sounds very I, I, I like that Aldi wins in like really obscure the, like the, shows. You've never heard of these, and you never will. <laughs> Is that it? You heard this once, it'll never happen again. Are you sure it's not the... Odelay Festival hosted by Beck. <laughs> wow. No, that's, I, mean, I mean, I know Beck, I know Odelay is a real word if you consult the Beckionary, but it's. Yeah. Uh, it's not real. It's here. The only source of words that I check is the Beckionary. So the supermarket's Blackstone Paddock Margaret River Cabernet Sauvignon 2018. That's. Ooh. Uh, picked up the Max Schubert AM trophy for most outstanding red wine in show. Considered to be one of the most... The red, red wine. <laughs> yep, it's the reddest of the red, yep. red wines. Considered to be one of the most prized trophies in the Australian wine industry. Mm. Okay, fair enough. I guess if you're Australian, maybe you Okay, heard so it. when it comes... As uh, we've discussed on previous episodes... Not Australian. New Zealand is what we really like. The, that was that it's was the Marl the Marlboro yeah it, flavor we, country flavor we like our wines yeah, from flavor country point. all right well um it also collected the Professor A J Perkins trophy for best Cabernet Sauvignon in show hmm A J Perkins <laughs> uh, the seventeen dollar ninety nine cent wine beat many wines priced at more than one hundred dollars from the uh, Kunawara and Margaret River regions known for their award winning red wines. For, uh, for the top honors, all the wins were awarded a total of two trophies, two gold, two oh, silver. Wins. Oh, eh. look, I'm <laughs> I'm amazed. I can see right now. I've had my contacts in far too long. Um, oh, I was just contacts. I was just laughing at the, the like I was just saying like oh look look at the subconscious look they they're just always what winning. What do your contacts have to do with blood alcohol? I'm. <laughs> I'm floating on Korean liquor and a lot of beer over here. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's try the sentence again. Aldi wines were awarded a total of two trophies, two gold, two silver, and six bronze at the event. Among the gold medal winners was its A.C. Burn Margaret River Sauvignon Blanc Similion, Sim- uh, uh 2020, which retails for just $7.99 uh, because Aldi. Uh, the popular white was also recently named Best Savion Blanc uh, at the show and then at the Perth Royal Wine Show 2020. Again, no one's heard of this. Perth, what is, per, I, is Perth know, Australia? Perth is Australian. Okay. And by the way, every time I hear Savion Blanc, I just think to the manager I had when I was working at Red Lobster, I was like, that's a red, right? It has the word Blanc in it. <laughs> so It's French for white. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Um, the 
So, okay, this one says wins. The wins top off a successful wine award season for the supermarket giant. Are you sure? The, the, no. The, the, the number of wins that they have top off a success. Yes, that is correct. Uh, all these $8.99 Venturer series, uh, Riverina Durif 2019 took home the best, whatever, the best Riverina Durif trophy at the 2020 Riverina Wine Show. Is making words up now. Um, <laughs> while the supermarket's fourteen ninety nine, uh, $14.99, uh, Taylor's Estate Special release, uh, Claire Valley Shiraz 2018 won the Duod's Club Special Prize Trophy um, at the 2020 Citadel's Duvin, the highest score for a Syrah in the world. So uh, it also picked up gold medals at the 2020 Citadel Duvin, uh, the Concours. They're just naming off random things that no one's heard of. Random, which... random wine things that Aldi is like, look, we paid the right people to win the right thing. It's like we, we, Aldi wins a bunch That's of stuff is... at like every festival that isn't the main like things you've ever heard of. I'm just saying, like that's that's like what my my suspicious brain says. But at the same time, like you know, good on Aldi, you know, just either, showing that you don't have to be expensive to to be good. Yeah, I mean, either way, yeah, like good job. I still haven't had like we. I don't think the Aldi closest to us has wine. Most North American Aldis do not sell oh, liquor. Okay, well, that's unfortunate. So that's because a lot of our weird Aldi yeah. stuff is uh, Europe only. Yeah. Like a UK thing usually. Yeah, too. which uh, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Although I do. If you, if you want any of those, if you want any of those alcoholic advent calendars, you gotta. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Gotta go to, to to England or elsewhere. I think was it last year that the advent calendar was actually in the states, the wine uh, wine advent calendar. It was like the first year for it. Or something. I don't know. Costco's is Costco's wine advent calendar has already been on sale for like a month. Yeah. We probably missed it. It's probably sold out. And this year they were doing like it was either half or full bottles. Like they, it was like just like here, take this. Yeah, it was like off the chain. Costco was just like, nah, dog. We realized 2020's been a rough year. (laughs) You need this. Just take this. Just drink this every day. Uh, all right. The 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 whole month of December, nah, it's just gonna vanish. It's gonna be lost (laughs) in a in a wash of grape. Never mind. Yep. Uh, Give me a grape ape joke, because that's where my brain was. It at. was going to be a grape ape joke, so okay. let's go ahead and have Brittany sign us off, because we're done yes, here. Yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to remind everyone, this is our news-only show most of the time, but we also like grape to do ape. a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, or there's also haveadrinkstore.com. And uh, we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. And I'm Christopher Walker. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) broker.